This Getting Better Acquainted extra was recorded two years ago. The first half of it was recorded on a bus going to Bristol. And the second half of it was recorded on a bus coming back from Bristol to London. It's called The Truth of Today. It is probably better to listen to if you listen to last Wednesday's episode with my mum, because then you'll have even more context to it. But hopefully it will also stand alone in its own right. It doesn't have any narration. There's quite enough monologuing already. So I hope that isn't too confusing. It has some clips from some conversations that I had in between those two journeys in it. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better Please make me better I want to get better 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 acquainted with you So I went on a journey to Bristol and I thought I was going to do a podcast called Getting Better Acquainted with Bristol but I don't really know Bristol that well I just wanted to document a trip away I had for the podcast because I was interviewing people for the whole of that weekend. And it turned out that the real thing I was going to see that weekend was my family. Um, and my, that was the main thing I was going to revisit. And my friends. I saw my friends a lot actually as well. So I guess it was reliving my past like friendships and past family in a more significant way than it was being in Bristol and I had a kind of really intense weekend in a lot of ways uh, and had some, a lot of thinking about myself and all that stuff that really annoys me sometimes but you know it's important still not too much don't be self-obsessed but you do have to address yourself if you have some issues to deal with you have to address those issues don't go around going on oh I have issues deal with the fuckers anyway that's what I'm trying to do what happened when I got there was I left the microphone behind or I left the memory card from that microphone the most important part behind when I went to St Paul's Carnival and so I didn't get any sound recording of St Paul's Carnival which I thought would be interesting to stick in between stuff and would give the whole kind of Bristol flavour to it and in my conversations that I had with the people who live in Bristol, it turned out I never talked about Bristol, though it was on my list of things to talk about. It was great that I left my memory card. It meant I had a really nice day with my niece and I didn't have to think about recording. And it meant I enjoyed an experience firsthand without thinking about it as a piece of art. So that was great stuff. And I got some great conversations with my friends, I think. You'll be the judge of that. I just listen because they're the expert and that's how I work. Before you've written a song, you don't know really what a song is or what it will sound like. It's a bit like imagining what it's like to kiss a girl or something before you've actually done it. Like When it actually happens, it's, all, it's, quite, it's just natural and quick. It's kind of just, if your head's a bit sort of skew-whiff and you go on a run, it kind of just makes everything fit again. Then I went on and I had some conversations this morning with my mum. 
and uh, I could see him picking up this large sort of stone boulder and he had it behind his back and I thought hey, any minute now he's going to brain my assistant <laughs> <laughs> how can I shut him up I could spend three hours looking at that leaf and I will never get all the colours all the inflection of that leaf in a drawing I mean that's kind of what our family life has kind of been a kind of continual experiment in, I think, finding ways that we can live together without causing each other harm. Mm. And I think we've achieved it at times, and it's, you know, it's it's an ongoing process, and it's... Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's good. And I'll tell you something that you can say generationally is different here, that you couldn't sit down with your mother and have this conversation with her. No, I wouldn't get past three three lines, I don't think. And we can have this conversation, yeah. and that's not just because I've brought it up and said, let's have a conversation. No. It's also because you are open to that. Yeah. That unlike your mother, you are open to that. And then I went to see my gran. So I'd seen... I mean, there was... that's four generations of the family in one weekend and I even held a six day old baby in my arms so that's another generation even not my family but another generation and so it was just a journey through different generations so today we're getting better acquainted with Dave and also we're getting better acquainted with my thoughts on generations sorry if that's a bit pretentious but this is just the way it went I mean, she persuaded herself her life was true, but it actually was a whole fiction. And where do you go at your end of your life? I mean, I've always tried tried to look for truth. I'm not sure I ever find it, because I'm always finding parts of myself that don't fit in with what I remember or what I think yeah. actually happened. God, memory so whatever. hard, yeah. and, and I'm thinking, well, no, I missed that. I missed that. So you're constantly looking for what the truth of today is, and it's always changing because more of your behaviour is explained in other ways than the way you saw it. Uh, so truth is constantly changing. But my mother actually made her life out of a story. I'm at the back of another bus um, at London, Victoria, going to Bristol was quite nervous about this again talking on the back of a bus but uh, sometimes you just got to do things that need to get done so that's what I'm doing I'm going to Bristol from London now Cardiff is somewhere I grew up and it's somewhere I knew very well my mum moved away from Cardiff and she moved to Bristol to live and she no longer had a bedroom for me but I did come to stay there and see my mum and my sister 
And after a while, my lovely niece, Brianna, who is now six, I probably would uh, consider the idea of going to live in Bristol eventually. So maybe I will if things go differently. But I, I don't think it's a good idea to live uh, that close to my family all the time. Um, partly because I like having my independence and stuff like that. But also because sometimes you appreciate things more if you don't see them all the time. And I think families are very complicated emotional experience and you've got all of these memories that you share with them and all this kind of experience when you were growing up and you were becoming a person where you where you remember all of these experiences that you had with them and that stuff is quite hard to have constantly in your adult life and sometimes you need a break from that and you need to be separated from that but if my family didn't live there I would definitely consider going to live in Bristol I really love the city and because my friends and most importantly my niece who I do really want to see as much as possible in in lots of ways because she's young and it's great to see her when she's young um, because I don't want kids but I do like kids it's really nice to spend time with her Uh, and I have tried to have a really close relationship with her I think that I do my sister said something along those lines sometime recently and so because of that I feel yeah uh, that I want to go there a lot more than I do really a lot more than I can kind of afford to and a lot more than kind of like I say I don't want to have the experience of going back to my childhood issues all the time so that kind of keeps me a little bit divided from where uh where where my niece is which is a real shame for me oh and interestingly we're just passing the natural history museum and the science museum my niece really likes to go to the science museum so i like to go there with her when she's in london and i do try and see her as much as possible because i think that being an uncle is important it's really important to have a positive non-parental adult influence in your life think that's really important and also I guess I think it's very important for my niece doesn't live with her father doesn't see her father as much very doesn't see her father very much and I think it's very important for kids to have a positive male role model Um, and I didn't ask to be in that position but I am in that position and I take that responsibility incredibly seriously so that's why I don't go to Bristol much but it's also why I've been there quite a bit and had have lots of memories in Bristol now because for the last 10 years or 9 years I've been going there regularly to see my family so in a way I'm not going to a city this time I'm kind of going back to my family because actually my my gran lives close as well Uh, she's in an old people's home quite close to Bristol now as well so going back to Bristol also means going to see my gran I'm going to see my gran on on Sunday after I've recorded three conversations with my mum for this show going to see my gran Um, if I was really brave I would try and instigate recording my gran I don't think I'm that brave I really hope I have been and that there'll be an episode with her in the future but I think I'm probably not brave enough and I think if she if I was brave enough she would probably say no 
if she fully understood what it was, and she probably should, shouldn't she, really? I mean, that's morally important, that you don't mistreat your subjects. I think that's important. But then again, it's a balance thing, and you have this kind of the needs of an artist to get good stuff, uh, and the needs of me personally to explore stuff, because this is a kind of personal journey, a kind of offset from um, the needs that I have as a moral human being to respect other human beings' rights and decisions. One thing I did manage to record once and then managed to wipe ridiculously uh, was a really, really important and moving conversation I had with my niece where um, she told me that it was okay that I had another niece. She understood uh, and it didn't mean that I was any less important to her and she w- it was okay. She kind of gave me permission <laughs> to have another niece which really touched me and uh, moved me and I was really pleased that I'd recorded it because I was trying to record a song. We were singing a song because I like, she sings really good songs and I like to record them. So I rec- was recording, trying to record her doing that and she didn't do that because that's what kids do. They don't do what you want them to do on mic. And she <laughs> told me that wonderful thing. And it was lovely. And I gave her a big hug. And I was really pleased that I'd recorded it. Because I thought it was going to be so nice to listen back to that. You know, it may be a bit <coughs> e- egotistical and ridiculous to just listen back to nice things that people have said to you. But sometimes when you're not feeling very happy about yourself, it's really nice to hear this positive stuff about you because I don't think very positive thoughts about myself not necessarily to the world where I can come across quite cocky sometimes but to myself I can I can say I can be quite hard and and, and, and only see the flaws and not really see the strengths which maybe has something to do with my, my childhood uh, and my family life which I'm going back to experience but um, I I thought it would be really nice to have that and I was really cl- pleased and I, I hugged my niece and was really happy and thought brilliant I've, I've recorded that and that's fantastic and I'll have that forever and that'll be this me- m- meaningful moment and then I turned off my microphone without thinking instead of pressing stop I press I turned it off and the reason was uh, I needed to dry Brianna because she'd been in the bath and uh, I was thinking with my adult uh, non-artist brain about getting her out of the bath and drying her and being all like making sure that that she's dry and not going to catch a cold and, and all of those kind of uh, parental kind of feelings or uncle-like feelings that I have about her so I was focusing on them didn't think about the art didn't think about the personal having this memento turned off the mic in a stupid way and then realised that I'd wiped this moment and then after I'd realised I'd wiped that moment, I also realised that I was kind of glad. Because now I've got the memory of that. And I can think of, and I'm going to think about that more because I haven't got it in recording. And I don't have to play it. To, it won't be around. That Brianna won't hear it when she's older. It's just a moment. It just happened in a moment and it was great in that moment. And I don't need that. A constant reminder to be able to play back to myself because I've got it now in my heart it happened I remember it I'll always have that 
When times are hard, it'll be something that can partially get me through. bus is starting to stir, people are getting ready, uh, they seem to be getting their stuff down, so that indicates to me that we're going to be soon at the station and just won't be waiting too long. Um, it's been sunny journey, the uh, sun is setting now, somewhere behind some clouds. The city of Bristol is a familiar place to me now. Uh, the the houses. My mum has painted lots of pictures of, of the houses in Bristol. They're very distinctive. So I'm on the bus back from Bristol. Um, now, I thought a moment ago that when I was speaking into this microphone I'd be annoyed because I am annoyed I have just left something really important at my mum's house I didn't bring it with me and I have also um, discovered that I've lost the microphone guard uh, so you might get a bit more sounds because uh, and plosive P's will sound wrong but uh, that is because I've lost a guard at some point during my stay in Bristol it's an amazing it's amazing that I've even got any equipment left uh, this long really uh, I'm so clumsy and bad at uh, forgetting things I always forget things so I'm always constantly surprised that I don't manage to lose more stuff although I do often lose important things so one day I do expect that I'll probably lose this microphone but I'm not angry about that or I wasn't until I started talking about it because I've just had a really I don't know complicated and important experience I guess so there's a few things that I experienced on this weekend that I thought I would talk about I was at a friend of my sister's place and my six-year-old niece was holding a six-day-old baby of a friend and she got tired of wanting to hold that baby and because I'm her uncle and I was the only adult in the room I had to take that six-day-old baby off her um, now I wasn't comfortable with the idea of having to hold a six day old baby they're so precious, they're so uh, delicate and like I just said I'm really clumsy so I was really worried about this uh, but I held this six day old baby because I had to because my six year old niece was getting tired of holding her and I thought she wouldn't be very she'd be likely to get you don't want a child getting bored holding a six day old baby so I took her off my niece and uh, it was one of those moments that happens quite a lot to me. I don't know if you'll relate to this, where you're like, oh my fucking God, I am an adult man that has to do responsible things like hold six-day-old babies. And I'm doing it. I'm actually achieving this thing. 
and I've got this inside me, I am able to be this responsible. Uh, and I've got some kind of instinct in me that's going to make me really hold this baby correctly and well and look out for it. And, you know, I have these moments every so often, like, I can actually do this responsible thing that I thought that I wouldn't be able to do. And I thought I'd share that because I'm always wanting to, to, to talk to people about that, that those kind of moments because I have them really frequently. Uh, it's quite a frequent emotion. But I never really know how to bring it up. So I thought because it had happened this weekend, I should just tell the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, the thing was, I was very scared of doing the interviews that I've done with my mum this morning. And I was scared of doing them because I wanted to talk about some stuff with my mum that's quite sensitive about me and her and our relationship together. And I didn't want to... I wanted to have a really nice and good conversation with her about it rather than have an argument about it, which we're both capable of doing because we're both capable of getting annoyed with the other person. And we had a good conversation. It was a great conversation. And I was really happy to... uh, to have it with her. There was a big moment in it really for me where because I was interviewing her, as I do in these interviews, I've been trying to put myself in the other person's for, to see comparisons, to see similarities between me and the other person and to explore those things where possible. And because I was doing this and I was putting myself into her shoes I was seeing this connection between the fact that I get angry about things and upset about things and the fact that she does and we both have that in common now regardless of whether part of the reason I have these things is her or not which is a question I don't know the answer to I really don't know the answer to and nor does she and we talk about that in the conversation but it was also that Okay, so because I could see that I act like her, I knew that I might have acted like her all the times that she did, and that I know I feel sorry about how I behave. And I know that she feels sorry about how she behaves. She just doesn't say it very often, if at all. It doesn't mean she doesn't feel it. It's just a hard thing to say. Yeah, exactly. I I think apology is a difficult one. Because over time I've come to uh, look at apology as being something uh, that... You're saying sorry and saying you won't do it again. But there's an element that when you've got this awful bad temper, you know you will. Mm. And and you actually, when you apologise, I'm not quite sure it's the thing to do. Because you know you'll do it again. Yeah. How, however much you, you you learn to look at all the issues around it, there will always be the odd time when someone will get under your skin mm. and break you down in a way that is 
and I'll see what Rosie says about this, is childish. Because it is an almost childish reaction that you have to certain things. Mm. But actually, um, that isn't ever going to go away. Yeah. And and, and I suppose you, you, I don't know, I, I, I find myself getting very sort of quiet about it. Because there is this modern thing you have to apologise, but I'm not sh- quite sure where, where I go with that. Because yeah. I ca- certainly can't ever say I won't do it again. I tell you what. You can say I, I didn't want to do it. And, 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 uh, uh, I think it's important. And I know I do it. And I think I, sometimes I know why I do it. It's, it, 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 it's the whole total p- picture of saying um, there's part of me that has to live with the fact that I do it. But I think some, one of the things that people might want from us and I've, I've, having been on both sides of this I think what I've come to realise is that what we do is we don't just we don't just say sorry for the specific thing we did we then we blow it up so yeah. we, we end up apologising for, for the world and for ourselves being to blame for everything in the world which is not true yeah. so that annoys people because then yeah, it doesn't because then it doesn't feel like a real apology because it's so preposterous. It's, it's not actually taking responsibility for the individual thing we did wrong. We, we've blown it up so much. And I, and I understand that. I, I know we do that. I, I know what I do that. But I mean, I, I, I've also been the person thinking, no, I just want you to apologise for this one specific thing. Fuck the rest of the world. Not interested in that. Uh, not, you know, but, but, but I guess one of the things... One of the things I guess I'm trying to trying to work out and realise is that yeah, well yeah, I mean just saying that then makes me understand a lot of why specific things haven't been apologised for and why why yeah I mean I guess I'm learning right now right this minute about why those things are, which is throwing me a little bit. You know, we are the same. And we're both trying to deal with this thing we've got the best we can. And you know, you really can't blame your parents for the way that you are. Now, I know that, right? I don't think I did blame my parents completely, but some part of me must, on some level, have blamed her. And when I said that, when I said to her that we were the same, I realised that, you know, it's pointless to have any part of yourself blaming your parents. You know, yeah, you've got their genes and you've got their upbringing. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that is the case. Move on. Move fucking on. What the hell are you waiting for? You've got to sort your life out. Take responsibility for yourself and find a way through your life and so is your parents and so is every other person in the world we've all got to find our way through life and I just thought yeah you know we don't have to have an argument here it's not that's not going to happen because we're outside in the sunshine in the morning and it's a good time for us both to be reasonable people.
and sometimes we can be or as reasonable as our version of reasonable will allow and so after that after this conversation we went to see my gran uh, which is something I feel I should do more often not not because I feel for my gran who I don't know that well and I have some ambivalent feelings towards but because my mum's doing that you know she's going every week to see my gran in a home so is her sister and my gran loves that home which is a weird thing uh, she kind of for her it's like a hotel she calls the room she's in a penthouse I mean it, and she does the gardening outside and she really likes it she's got friends there. yeah my mum and her sister go once every week they drive there and they bring her flowers and they look do her gardening for her and they care for her and that you can be a caring you can be a caring child and still think that there's a more logical place for them to be than your house and a more logical because it actually in this case it gives her more autonomy than it would if she if, if she moved in with my mum she gets to be her own person and that's important to her and she wouldn't like to be a burden to my mum I mean consider it if you have you know consider it would you actually like to be a burden to your uh, children would you if you've got children those of you who've got children would you actually want to be a burden to your children because I don't think you do. And so maybe when your parents are becoming a burden to you, you should think, actually, they don't want to become a burden to you. And it's the best to find a solution that's good for everyone. Come on. So my gran in that home was quite chirpy. And she was having, she's watching Wimbledon and uh, she's dressed all in white because it was Wimbledon. And she, had up tea with us and we had carrot cake and she said about how they didn't have carrot cake when she was young and I thought hang on that's that's true and that's significant it's not just a cliche it's true and it's significant and then we uh, me and my mum drunk tea with her and I thought these are the three generations that me and my mum were talking about in our interview and this is interesting to be with the person that I was talking about with mum because you know in, a, in my head and I think in reality granny was a bit of a bogey monster kind of character in my mum's childhood at least and that she was quite a hard mother to have but yet now she's an old lady, you know, and she's quite jolly at the moment and quite pleasant. believe that I ran out of battery and I ran out of space on the hard drive right at the same time right in the middle of a kind of moment it's 
amazing that I can even do this though. I'm on a bus. Look at how amazing technology is. Anyway, right. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking very positively and I think it's just because it's just amazing to have had this kind of a day, I guess. I'll get to a bit more about that in a bit. So anyway, so I'm there and I'm with my gran and I can see that she's just an old lady. She's just a normal person. And I can't really... I didn't know... Like, I could see her... She's an old lady. And then I'm thinking of her as a, as a young woman. And I'm thinking of her at all ages of her life. And I'm, I'm trying to work out how how human beings can be this way, I guess. And then I look over at my mum, and I, I think my mum of all, all different ages, and I think of me at different ages, and I just think, God, you know. There aren't any bogey people or anything, there's just people. No matter how bad they are, people are just people. In the conversation with my mum, when I realised that me and my mum were the same and that I realised as well that you know I need to try and get better tactics for dealing with who I am you know that I have got to a situation where I reduced significantly the amount of times that I get kind of ridiculous to a minimum, but I don't deal with it when I do get ridiculous. I don't deal with that well enough. I don't... Uh, I need to realise that when I'm feeling irrational, I am feeling irrational. I need to be aware of it when I'm actually irrational. And I need to just, when I feel like I might be being irrational, like if I have any question about the fact that I'm being irrational and I'm being angry for no reason, I need to step out of that situation. I need to separate myself from other human beings, change my environment, and try and see if I calm down and see things from a clearer, situ a clearer point of view. I need to just find a way of doing that. Because it's not worth doing one half of the journey. You've got to try on and try to get to the other end as well. I mean, you might not reach it, but it's not right to stop in the middle of the path and not move. You know? Like, it's not enough to improve yourself a little bit you've got to try and improve yourself even more if you can if you can if you can see a way of doing it why not try if I can be an easier person to live with in any way that'd be great because I really love the person I live with and I don't like being a hassle I don't like being high maintenance which I can periodically be not frequently and I've got other good qualities I hope but when I am, it's a, it's a nightmare and I need to reduce that.
And that's really what I learned. And now I'm sharing it with a podcast. And that is because that's what this project is. That's what this project has to be. It has to be about truth. And the only reason I've got this whole realisation is this podcast. Because I don't think I would have ever had the guts or the reason to do it. But I'm just... I'm getting to a situation where I really believe in this podcast and I hope you, the listeners, do as well and I hope that you can tell lots of people about it not because I want the publicity, although I do want the publicity uh, of course, because I want this to be successful but the reason it is because I think it's good and I hope that you do too and I hope that you want other people to hear about it because it's very hard to get other people to hear about things if you're not famous. It's really hard to become a big thing. And the only reason I want to become a big thing is because I want to make quality work and I want people to see that quality work. So, anyway, after that digression, I have come to sort of really thankful personally for this project so it is something useful in itself because it has made me kind of connect with people a bit more in a different way like I intended it to Um, and every person who I've had one of these conversations with I have felt you know that I've learned something from I mean I'm not saying it's changed my life it kind of is my life at the moment because I'm that kind of a person it is all I'm doing, I'm just arranging interview after interview after interview and it's become almost addictive and every one of them I'm really thinking are good, you know I don't just mean I'm enjoying them, I mean I think they're a good quality project like I get things out of the podcasts that have inspired this podcast, in a way that's what I'm doing with this podcast, I'm trying to share all the people that I know who I think are interesting and not even just interesting I mean they are all interesting so I think all people are interesting but I mean they're people I have access to on some level I have some connection to them so that means that I have a way into the kind of conversations that you can't have with strangers complete strangers I mean even if you've just met someone at a party like I eventually want this podcast to have those kind of guests on you've met them once And also the act of having to sit down with somebody else and sit with them and look them in the eye and listen to them and try and make them be the focus of attention rather than you. Try and play off them as well. Find connections between them and you and be... I've been trying to be as prepared to be as honest as the guest is and to lay stuff on the table uh, as as much as the guest does. And I think that's produced some really good conversations. I hope it has. I mean, it certainly made me braver about recording. I mean, I've done all of this, uh, all of this monologue, I guess it is. I've done this monologue on this bus, sitting next to a person, some people front and behind, not at the back of a bus, because I couldn't get the back of a bus. But when the person wanted to sit down, I looked at them and I said, don't sit next to me because I'm going to be speaking into a microphone. And I didn't want them to feel bad about sitting next to me and having me talk for the whole time. I think that's intrusive. And they were really cool about it. 
Not because they were interested in it. Just because who cares? Someone's talking next to me on a bus. And she just said, at least it doesn't mean you don't want me to sit next to you. And I thought that's nice, you know? Even though I get a little bit claustrophobic next to a window, it's nice that people want to be open and stuff and want to have other people sit next to them. It's good. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I think I'm going to uh, end this podcast not in London because this journey, as I said at the beginning, is not about location, it's not really about Bristol as I thought it was going to be. This podcast, I've been getting better acquainted with myself, with my mum, and with my family. Goodbye. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at UBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk You can also subscribe by searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted. 